talk about money. And, uh, and, uh, and so we are going to be talking about money through this month because that's what we do is we prepare for a gift day in March. But I want to talk not about money per se, but about the vision that the money sustains. Because we need resource to do ministry. And if we don't have the resource, we can't do the ministry. And, and, and you know, and then we, we kind of look at what we have and we say, really, can we do this? Can we provide these things? If you look at the story in First Kings chapter 17, we see the story of Elijah. And uh, Elijah goes and he confronts Ahab. Ahab le had led the people into idolatry and they were, were looking to Baal, uh, a weather god, to be their salvation. And as a consequence of that, there was no rain in the country. There was a drought. And, uh, and it was having significant ramifications for the nation. It was kind of showing that that which you look to provide for you will not provide for you. That's how this story starts. It's saying those idols that you think will make provision for you won't. And Eli I, uh, Some people think Elijah prayed and brought the drought. He didn't. He just said, this is the consequence of what happens when you don't look in the right place for your resourcing. And um, when he confronts Ahab, uh, he, he then is told to go to a place called Kerith. And uh, if you're brethren, you'll know people love calling their church Kerith. But, but it's, it's, it was a special place where, they could, uh, where Elijah could be provided for. And it's said that Elijah was fed food morning and evening. And, uh, and there was a brook there that, that fed him water. And God made provision for him. And then when that provision ran out, it tells us that Elijah went and he traveled to outside of Israel to a place called Sidon. And, uh, and, and there he met a widow who was about to cook her last meal. And he turns to the widow as he enters the city and he says to her, I want you to give me something. And, and she looks at Elijah and says, don't you understand, Elijah? I have nothing. I am a widow and I have a son and I can't provide for them. And we're just going home to cook the last meal. I'm picking up the sticks now. Last meal and then we're dead. That's what we're facing. That's the prospect. And Elijah says, give something away. And you go, wait a minute. Elijah, <laughs> what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. Where is the reason in that? Where is the rationale in it? And he says, because God is a God who provides and so in this story, we see the idea of God's provision. You'll know if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the vision of being a church in the city for the city. Can we go to the next slide? For both being visible and accessible. And, and we're called to do that. And, and here's the thing. Our society now is in a desperate place. Economically, politically, socially, the, the, the issues that young people are facing are, are phenomenal at the moment. We are in a drastic I met with a counselor this week, and, and we were chatting through how there's going to be nine million pounds of cuts in sterling. Nine million pounds of cuts. You know that people in Lifeway are not being able to get to their groups and some of the church things that they want because they cannot get carers to support them because they're being now rationed. 
and it's having ramifications and impacts on those elements of ours. So this is impacting people and individuals. And not only will you be paying, here's the bad news, higher council tax and getting less service for it. I, I thought I'd tell you because the politicians won't. But, 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 but you know, the, there's going to be cuts happening. And here's the thing, what's the church's place? What's the church's place? We were talking at the Leaders' Day, and I was in a group, and I think it was Alec Carstairs who said to me, um, as we asked the question, where should the church be in five years' time? And, and Alec said, the church should be in a place where the Stirling District Council looks at us as indispensable to the life of Stirling. You know, that, that's always been there in us. Indispensable to the life of Stirling in terms of what we do. And, and here's the question, as this happens, what is the church's response to it? Do we just say, well, it's economically hard times, let's just shut everything down, let's withdraw behind the wall again and, 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 you know, and preserve what we can preserve, cook our last meal, because we know Christianity is declining in Scotland and it doesn't have much future? Or do we believe in a God who makes provision through his people? Again, it's driven by the vision. What do we see? As we look at this story, we, we see Elijah understands that the well-being of a city or the well-being of the nation is spiritual. See, Elijah understood, can we go to slide five, sorry. Elijah understood that God is faithful and powerful to provide for his people, even in the most difficult and desperate situations. How many of us believe that? God is able to provide for us. Yeah? Great. How many of us have experienced God providing for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to talk about the integration of internationals. And uh, this, is, this would be good for this. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> come back next week. It'll be an interesting sermon, unlike this week. Yeah. And, uh, but, 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 you know, how many of us have seen that? Now, here's the thing. The story that we're about to read is not about God's provision for his people. It's about God's provision for those that aren't his people. You see, Jesus makes this point when he preaches on it. Didn't God make provision for those that weren't his people in the time of famine? Didn't God do that? And, and, and it's all very well for the church to say, let's make provision for ourselves. Let's keep the lights on. Let's keep the roof secure. We've got to do that. And, uh, but this story is about God making provision for those that are not his people. And, and the calling of the church. And, and, and Elijah understood that the spiritual well-being of the city was related to its physical well-being. You see, Elijah held the key to the well-being of the nation, spiritually. Think about this. We as SBC here, and you might feel, oh, you know, it's all doom and gloom. Everything's terrible. <laughs> Christianity's awful. But whether Sterling will thrive or not as a town is dependent on the people who are meeting in the churches on Sunday morning. Do you understand that? It's not dependent on who's controlling the local council. It's not dependent who's in power in Holyrood or in Westminster. It is dependent on the spiritual well-being of the communities. 
just, just run that for a wee while. It, it kind of changes how we see the church and what we do, doesn't it? And that's why Elijah went to Ahab and he said, you have to understand, if you look for provision in that direction, you will know famine and you will know drought. And, and I think our nation, I think our town, I think many people's lives around us are experiencing a drought because they have looked to the wrong sources for provision. And, and maybe even the church suffers from droughts when it looks to the wrong sources for its position. We're then told in verse 2 and verse 8, the message, the Lord's message came to him. How does God's provision work? Well, it isn't that we just think, oh, let's do everything, because you know what? The needs are too great. We can't do everything. Uh, and, you know, there are so many needs out there and so many things that are worthy of our and, and that's where the, this is really important, to hear the message of God and God saying, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. First of all, it takes him to Kareth, and then it takes him to the widow of Sidon. Hearing God takes him to a place where he finds provision, and then it takes him to a place where he provides provision for those outside of God's family. See, for many of us, the daily discipline of morning and evening, renewing our spirits, is something that we've got slack at. You know, we, we have got slack in terms of actually hearing God's word and coming and meeting with God and saying, God, we need to hear you. You know, reading our Bibles and praying. I, I was at a conference at the start of the year. I went away for a few days up to Strathether. And, uh, and it was great because in the conference, it was like, it was like uh, old-time old kind of um, CU type stuff. But you had your quiet time set aside in the morning and in the evening in the conference program. And it was there. And, and I, you know, I began to reflect how easily we slip out of these patterns of behavior. You know, of coming and just praying and reading our Bibles. You know, we just get by on a Sunday kind of thing. But Elijah was taken by God first to that place where he learned to know the provision of God for his soul morning and evening. You know, supernaturally being fed and renewed. And then once that was there, he was taken out. And he was taken out to provide God's message came to him and he was taken up to Sidon. I love it, the, the phrase we looked at, it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. God says, get up and go. <laughs> I, I love it when those messages come, isn't it? When God turns to his people and he says, come on, get up and go. And Elijah rises up. And um, he, he comes to a place with this widow. And here's the thing for Elijah. There's neither provision for Elijah nor for the woman and the wife. Nobody has any provision. And, and it, it, it's weird. Part of, Elijah kind of goes into partnership with this woman. Do you, do, you, do you notice how it works? She says, I've got some olive oil and a little flour. And, and Elijah's got nothing. You know, he's, he's come in and he's, he's, he's leaning on uh, Middle Eastern hospitality. Yeah, you have to give me a drink and some bread kind of thing. And she's going, I've got nothing. And Elijah's going, I've got nothing either, but you've got more than me. And, and he says, 
Let's get together. And, and although we don't have provision, he says, let's see what God can do. It's interesting, it tells us that the woman fears. In fact, and he says, don't fear. Don't fear. How many of us find ourselves in a place where we worry about provision? And we, we were, I was chatting to um, one of my children yesterday, and uh, we were talking about the grandchildren and, you know, making provision for the when they're 18, and we're thinking ahead, you know. And, and, and you're sitting there thinking, why are we worrying about way of future when we need to worry about today? But we worry, don't we? Oh, no, what happens if they get to 18 and they can't afford to go to university? Or what happens if they want to do something like get a car or something? Don't, don't we have to make provision for it? And again, let me, don't get me wrong. It's very important that we are smart in what we do. And, and I don't think it's foolhardy. But Elijah says... God's there, so we need to understand that we don't need to have fear. And then he turns around and he says, because God's there, you can give. You can give that olive oil and that flour and trust God. And uh, rationally, it didn't make any sense, really. But Elijah knew God provides. And the woman goes and makes the cake. And what happens? Let's go international again. What happens? God provides. God provides. He comes through. And that woman and her son then find provision. We've run out of time for, for the, the second aspect of that story, which is where then, as God is beginning to make provision, they have the setback. And the son is almost dead. Some even believe he is dead. And Elijah goes and he goes up and he says, God, bring life. Bring life. And we're told as Elijah prays, God breathes again. He acts expecting God to act. And we see resurrection. Here's the thing as a church. Are our actions driven by an expectation that God will act? Or are they driven by something else? Is our vision driven by an expectation that God will act? Or is it driven by something else? Is it driven by an understanding that the spiritual well-being of our community is dependent on the spiritual life of the Christian churches within this town? We're not some adjunct. We're at the center of it. And do we understand that our calling as God's people is to be that presence, to be that means of provision, maybe working in tandem with them, to see God provide and work to bring transformation to people's lives, just like Tommy was talking about. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the example of Elijah. We thank you that he acted anticipating your provision. God, we thank you that you are a God who makes provision. 
that you're a God who makes provision not only for us as your people, but you make provision for our communities. Lord, we, we pray that as we think about, as we reflect, as we try and listen to you about what that provision looks like and what is that responsibility for us as the church and the city and the heart of the city. Lord, I pray that we would hear that clarity. We would know what you are asking of us, Lord. And we would see the wonder of your provision as we see you taking limited resource, almost contrary to what makes sense, and providing for your people and providing for this town. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen.